What's up, everybody? It's Chad. I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic here on the second season. Uh, yes, we made it to the second season. I'm here today with my friend Bennett Castro. Thanks, Bennett, for joining me. Hi. So people typically call me B. So if you know me, you have heard me be referred to as B. But you can call me Bennett or B, but B for short. Yeah, yeah, that's what we call a lot of times. But I like to tell people their real names. But if you want to go with something else, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I call her B as well. It's kind of interchangeable, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, really I kind of is. find myself interchangeable. In the professional so, sense, I'm in it. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. Um, so thank you again for joining me today. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I finally got to get you on the podcast. You know, I know you had your own for, you know, a little bit with, you know, um, the other uh, business you're working with. So it's good yeah. to get you back in here, get in the seat. I'm excited. This was definitely one of the most organized and like planned out podcasts I have ever done. So thank you for that, Chad. I, I can say that no wonder your your podcast has, you know, this many episodes and this many seasons because, you know, you you got it figured out. So thank you for thank you for putting such a good podcast out. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's the first time someone's told me about that. I guess they just kind of expect podcasts to be that way. But I don't like being unorganized when it comes to this, so I don't want anybody else to feel that way. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised how unorganized podcasts can get. So, yeah. Cool. Well, well, appreciate you on, and I appreciate that, you know, a compliment, because that, that was that's huge. You know, I made my day. Um, but, you know, um, first off, I want to explain to everybody, um, I have COVID, so that's the reason why me and Bennett aren't in the same room, because normally I have my guests right next to me, and we're having a good conversation, but I don't want to get anybody sick. So I'm quarantining right now. Um, <laughs> luckily, it's not as bad as it was like three years ago. It was my third time getting COVID. Um, so, you know, three, four years ago, this would have been terrible. Um, so, yeah, we're doing it remote. Uh, Bennett, thank you again for joining me. And, you know, why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Of course. So as we mentioned, my name's Bennett. I have been in the cannabis industry for three and a half years. I am a single cannabis mom. So I basically raise my kiddo on my own, but I do get to co-parent. So that's a little bit of a tricky situation there, especially when you're, when one parent is pro-cannabis and the other parent is anti-cannabis. Um, I started my cannabis journey when I was about 12 or 13 years old, as most teenagers do. But compared to other teenagers, I didn't get a hold of it through school or other teenagers or anything like that. I actually was introduced to cannabis by my mom and my stepdad, which I consider my stepdad more like my dad. But um, I was actually introduced to cannabis by them. And they made me do my research before I decided to consume cannabis. And the one and only thing I researched before I decided to consume cannabis was, does cannabis kill anybody? Or does marijuana kill anyone? And of course, the research that came up, there has been zero deaths. And to this day, there's zero deaths reported. So I knew that I was safe and that I was good to go. I, I wanted to try this out. I tried this out. And you know, uh, during this time, my mom had also been diagnosed with stage 3B cervical cancer. So basically, almost terminal. Um, so she was using it as a as medica as medication as just something to aid the uh, side effects that uh, chemotherapy and radiation were giving her so you know it would help her with her appetite or it would help her with the pain and i firsthand got to witness all of that i got to witness um getting you know oils and tinctures shipped in from out of state i know it's illegal but people were willing to help out this person who was you know deathly ill and it was it was a beautiful thing to see the cannabis community come together like that especially from like Colorado California and Washington and it was it was really beautiful um, unfortunately my mom did lose her battle to cancer when I was 15 um, in 2016 and you know that definitely left a huge hole in my heart and it but it definitely sparked a a passion and just like a mission for my a personal mission to make sure that you know patients have safe access and nobody should feel like a, a criminal for having or wanting to you know medicate themselves naturally especially when there's reports and stuff already out there you know back in 2012 i remember hearing you know weed cures cancer weed cures cancer and but we never knew why or how and everybody just assumed you had to smoke it and that's how we would do it but you know now that i've actually been around i i know that that's not the case but 
you know, my mom was also well known for advocating in Texas or in El Paso. So she went down as a fighter. She fought cancer. She she fought, um, you know, some legislation legislation in in El Paso. My my dad founded the first El Paso normal. I mean, the first normal chapter in El Paso. So that's pretty huge because there's only like three or four chapters in Texas itself. And if you don't know what normal is, it's the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Um, it's a nonprofit organization that gets, um, we have a, a world normal, we have a, a state's normal, and then we have, you know, like city normals. So it's pretty cool to see that, you know, my family was, you know, the people who kickstarted and the reason for that why it happened in El Paso. So I guess you could say that, you know, cannabis education and cannabis advocacy was definitely a really big thing in my life as a teenager compared to most other teenagers who just smoke it for fun or like keep it out of their parents' reach. I had to hide smoking with my friends from my parents because that was not allowed. And my grades had to be 85 and above if I wanted to consume or if I wanted to have a phone or if I wanted to, you know, be ungrounded. So I definitely had rules and stuff. It wasn't like my mom just let me smoke or anything. But so that's basically how I started with cannabis and like what kickstart a little bit of my passion with cannabis. Nice. Yeah. Th thank you for that, by the way. You know, it was a very detailed explanation. And, you know, you went into a lot of depth because, you know, I've known your dad for, for many years. And, you know, the normal thing is, you know, kind of where I, where I met him initially, you know, when he was doing that. So, you know, it's great that you stepped in, you know, his shoes, essentially trying to continue the advocating and everything like that. So, um, so when did you get into the, oh yeah, yeah, really big. Cause Texas is a big state. <laughs> yeah. We're still working on it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's a work in progress. You know, I've been, you know, tag teaming with him on, on the Texas thing for years, you know, whatever, whatever I could do from this side to, to help. Cause El Paso, you know, and Cruces, whatever happens to us, it happens to the other, you know? Um, and so it, it only makes sense, you know, we're better together. Yep. So when did you get into the industry itself, the, the legal cannabis industry? So I got into the legal cannabis industry when I turned 21. So I guess you could say that I've been doing this uh, for the primary, for the majority of my adult life. Um, this has been my serious job now for three and a half years. So in September of 2020, uh, during the COVID times, uh, I, I, I got put in as a bartender here in Las Cruces. And then I ended up turning into a travel bartender due to COVID. So, uh, you know, dispensaries were falling short on, on staff because of people coming up positive for COVID or just being, um, what was it called? What was it called? Uh, exposed to yeah. someone with COVID. So they were having to stay home. So I essentially, me and my stepdad um, were, we were the travel team for this one company and we were being sent to Alamogordo, to Roswell, to Ridoso, to Carlsbad, um, just to go fill in the spots uh, so that, you know, the business could keep running. And, you know, cannabis was deemed essential at that point because it was medical cards only. So, you know, the places needed to run, these little cities definitely needed their cannabis. So it was pretty cool. Um, after that, uh, I finally found a home in Sunland Park and Sunland Park was where I started attending. So I have clients all over New Mexico, I guess I could say, or, but our patients or, you know, I've met yeah. people from all over New Mexico and I've attended people from all over New Mexico, which is, is pretty cool, you know, um, so after Sunland Park, I ended up uh, moving over to Las Cruces and then Chaparral. And um, so that was with a whole different company. So now I'm with a whole different company. Three years later, I've done three different companies and I've gotten so much experience and so much knowledge from all different, all, all of them. Yeah, well, that's so great. It's been, it's been a ride. <laughs> It has. And to be honest, I've been able to watch you, you know, you grow a little bit. You know, I, I met you in um, we were both at High Horse, you know, my short stint there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've watched you start as someone who came pretty much from the first role in the industry to, you know, now where you're at, you know, your management, right? Are, are you yeah, well, actually, I was management. That was my position in at High Horse. But I, I had to part ways with High Horse. And now I'm I'm with Top Crop. But with Top Crop, you know, I'm starting from the bottom. Uh, I've been doing front desk, pre-packaging. I've also been doing um, 
butt tending. So I've started doing butt tending here and there a little bit. And it's been it's been pretty awesome to kind of, I guess you could say like start over, but with all the knowledge that I've accumulated as management and as a trainer, because I was also a trainer, I would train butt tenders, I would train the managers, assistant managers. And then aside from that, we also had the podcast that, you know, just was solely for education and only for, um, you know, to teach butt tenders on how to butt tend, how to sell the product, how to introduce something to someone. So it was, um, it's definitely been a little bit like bittersweet to have to start over, but I see it as a positive because I, I just get to do it over again, but the right way and like with so much wisdom and knowledge, you know? Oh, hundred percent. You know, I've, I've had to do the same thing myself a few times, start over. And, you know, this podcast is a start over. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm never afraid to start over and, you know, you're, you're doing it right. And, you know, you understand that sometimes you do have to start over. <laughs> yeah. So. It's life, you know, it, it happens. So, but I am definitely excited to continue and see what the cannabis industry holds for me. Um, Cause I have, I have big plans and I have a huge passion for, you know, advocating, but mostly advocating for the patients and advocating, you know, for the medical aspect of cannabis. That's awesome. And that, that's one patient. thing that I've, that's what I've always supported about you is that, you know, you're always for the patients yourself too. Cause you know, I came from that myself and, you know, 11 years and fighting for the patients, you know, still am to this day. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, you're, you're wanting to do that too. And especially, you know, being from Texas, you know, once that goes, you know, you'll have all that experience to take it over there. That's why I tell, you know, all you girls, you know, from over that area, I'm like, you guys are just, you're getting trained from this side and you're going to take it to Texas and kick ass, you know, because well, everything to be fair, here. I'm excited for that part. Cause I, to be fair, that's what I started the intention. That's where the intention came from. But if, if you know me, I actually was raised in Las Cruces. So I'm a little Rio Grande girl. I can't really claim Texas and I can't really claim New Mexico. I'm, I'm a little bit of both. So it's beautiful to see, you know, my home, my where I grew up, my hometown and my home state, you know, thrive and flourish with, you know, the legal cannabis. But I also get to reap the benefits of that and gain all the knowledge for once Texas that does transfer over does see the light of the day you know maybe we could i could go over there and you know like you said the girls you know tracy and nicole i i appreciate the advocacy that you know you're helping those girls out with because you know it really is shaping the future of texas and the future of women in cannabis in texas like we're gonna come in with a bang i already feel it and i'm excited for it <laughs> i am too I'm, I'm excited to see what you girls you know are going to be able to do and you know everything that you're going to accomplish in Texas because you guys are taking a different route than a lot of other States. You know, it's, it's great to see that because I'm glad New Mexico ourselves we went a different route. So now other States can see that you can go a different route. It does work. So my fingers are crossed that Texas sees the light, you know, in the same way, but you know, ah, that part of me still. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be fine. It irks me when people are like, Texas will be the last one. And I'm like, with that mentality, it will. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> to be honest, I think Idaho will be the very last one, to be honest. Oof, they're, they're That's why I'm else. like, Texas already is decriminalized. You know, they're already one little tiny step ahead. They have a mini little medical program. So please don't say that. Please don't put it out in the universe like that. We need, we need positive vibes and we need better people in office that actually want, you know, good for the patients, good for the people. And, you know, people who, I mean, uh, uh, people in office need to realize in Texas that if you look around to Colorado, New Mexico, those taxes are flowing in so much. Like, forget the oil, forget the guns, forget the alcohol, the cannabis alone will fund, will fund Texas, you know, like, but that's Texas. So, but I'm glad to be in New Mexico. I'm glad to be soaking it all in and, you know, just being part of my hometown and getting to change the stigma a little bit. Cause I think one of my favorite things to do is change the older Hispanic mindsets. Cause that's who I, I struggle with, you know, it started at home, but then, you know, when I run into people at, at the stores that give me dirty looks cause of my cannabis leaf shirt or whatever, I definitely, you know, I'll spark that conversation. Like, well, what is, what is your biggest concern with it? And a lot of them compare it to alcohol. So right there i break i break that stigma i'm like nope nothing compared to alcohol when it comes to cannabis like, oh yeah night and so, day you know yeah there's no comparison 
To, to be honest, like, at one time, I didn't know how to respond to someone when I was wearing a weed hat. You know, that little um, hay one I have. And I was wearing it at Walmart. And this dude comes up and he, like, invites me to his church. He doesn't say he hates weed. <laughs> he doesn't say you're a dirty stoner. He just says, I want to invite you to my church. Like, I need you to be saved. And I was like, and so uh, <laughs> I told him I didn't believe in Jesus and God and all that. So just to piss him off and leave me alone. Because that was weird. Like, I was just minding my own business. I was trying to get something from the deli. <laughs> <laughs> you're like. I'm just here doing my shopping. Leave me alone, please. Yeah, I just Don't want mashed potatoes and, and chicken see. strips, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, speaking about the, you know the education and stuff. So, what are, what are some good resources you can give people that are just starting out in the industry? You know, to look up information because you know you have learned a lot in just you know the few years you've been in the industry so far. You and all the girls. So I can say with my time in the industry, I've actually I, I could say proudly i can say that i've i've helped out both of the girls you know i've taught them a lot but they on their own have gone on their own path and and found so much more knowledge on their own so when i put them into perspective you know i case studies and all that is definitely a given you know you can find your research there but it's over repetition over um how do you say it like testimonies from your clients that is the biggest thing that I can say where I have gained most of my knowledge is testimonies from clients. Um, but other than that, you know, there's there's so many things out there. There's articles out there for sure, but that's what I don't like to send people to articles because it can get really misleading. And yeah. you never know if you're finding a pro-cannabis article or an anti-cannabis article and they're out there, you know. So um, I think it really is just experience. If you're trying to get in there, you you search your basics. And once you find out your basics, you memorize your basics, then you apply your basics once you're butt tending. Uh, once you apply your basics in the butt tending, let's just take cannabinoids, for example, you can guide and lead people in the proper way on how to use cannabinoids for them. And for once they come back and they give you their testimony on, you know, this cannabinoid did me better than THC did, it just, it, it leads you with so much more um, knowledge of it's just everyone is so different. So I can I can say that I've just learned by my clients and my patients. I can't I can say I can't say I've gone to very specific Rafael Metrolam. That's definitely one man that I have learned so much from. Um, I anytime I want to teach anyone anything that you know just so they can understand it. Him Israel studies definitely definitely always that but I, I i hate to say it but weed maps and leafly and stuff like that can be a little bit unreliable especially here in new mexico because a lot yeah. of that is like californian and like colorado-based information so yeah. and i don't know so i i don't know i don't know if i can say a set answer on like where to find your information but podcasts like this or you know information like that i definitely it's that's where you'll find it. It's just experience. And you know, I've, believe it or not, I've found a lot of great information on Twitter or, you know, formerly known as Twitter X. Um, there's a lot of great information. What's up? It, everybody still calls it Twitter, but yeah, cause it's uncensored so that nothing gets blocked. It's easier to I search like for particular things. I just type in cannabis and I hit latest and it goes within the seconds of, you know, the person that's mentioned anything cannabis, even their username. So yeah, I, I like it. There's times where I'll find it first on Twitter and then it's maybe on the rest of the internet a day later or a couple hours later, but Twitter some, for some reason gets it first. And so I'll go there and like before the podcast, for I go sure. on there and see what articles popped up or maybe someone's had a personal thing like, hey, this is happening and I know it's going to happen because, you know, the person that they are, maybe they're a legislator or something and like, oh shit, what, what's coming out the, down the pipe? So, you know, it's it's a it's an open source intelligence kind of place to be. <laughs> so for sure, for sure. And then, and then from there, I would definitely recommend you you take that and do your own research upon that because there's different people out there that just kind of put anything out there, especially for Twitter, you know, or X. So, but yes, it it's just there's so many uh, resources out there. It's just knowing where to find a trusted resource. So peer reviewed studies or your own experience, your own testimonies. That's, that's what I can say. Right. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate you Reddit giving too. us. Yes, Reddit. I love using Reddit. Reddit, Reddit is another good tool um, for sharing information. I go too. in rabbit holes on Reddit. Yeah. I hate it because I do that too. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. Um, so that's great. Well, let's let's go back and talk a little bit about training. You, you touched a little bit on that, and I really wanted to talk about that because you know I think training and education and teaching are really important components in the industry that really isn't happening as much as it should. Um, so what is some things that maybe a business can do that will help their employees with training or education that you found through your experience? So from my experience, you know, as a manager, I can say that it's a little bit hard to do our full training and our full knowledge when we don't have manufacturers, producers and stuff like that, not really getting or putting full testing results on the product that we're getting or even sending out, you know, the proper testing results because cannabinoids are really important. Terpenes are really important, especially for um, wanting to teach your bud tenders on how to teach their clients on how to properly use cannabis. So when we don't have the, the proper tools to teach our, our bud tenders, our bud tenders don't also have the proper tools to teach, you know, the clients and the patients. So I could say, you know, as a whole, I think we all need to do better about, you know, demanding and requesting those types of testing, those types of results, because it definitely, it makes the cannabis experience 100% much better. Once you know what total active cannabinoids are, are in your product, the person can better decipher if they can use this at night or if they use this for work or if this is for pain or if this is for sleep. It just, it definitely, um, it shapes and it makes the training so much easier. But in the in the time right now that I can mention what you can do at this moment is, um, you know, start off with the basics. Rafael Metrolam is one of my favorite people to sit down, someone that I'm going to train for the very first time. You listen to that man for a few seconds and you it just all makes sense. He explains the science of cannabis so seamlessly, so perfect that it just it starts opening up little questions and it opens up these little bubbles of like, oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, oh, you know, the aha moments. Yeah. And um, so from there, you know, definitely focusing on cannabinoids and terpenes to teach the, the patient, I mean, to teach your bud tenders, to teach patients that. Um, and having them be able to read testing results is really important. Having them be able to not upsell um, the latest trendy product, but rather than just help that client themselves, you know, you know, really listen to a client. Uh, I don't think bed tenders really realize their weight, the weight of their words when it comes to, you know, the clients that they're helping. Because if you are a client or a patient that doesn't know much about cannabis, you're not going to go to your doctor first thing, because your doctor might give you the weird shun look or the, you know, <laughs> that's not going to be the first person you go to if you have a trusted family member that you're like you know what they know a little bit about cannabis I'm gonna ask them most of the time I know I'm that I'm that family member people ask me random questions in my family just because they're like oh you work at the dispensary hey what about this but when you're the bud tender and someone's visiting the dispensary that's because they're coming to ask you because they know that you know more than them so we have to understand that our word is almost hand in hand like someone's doctor because they're using this as their medication and they're going home and taking your word for it so our word we really have to be educated on, on what we're selling how we're educating people and what we're putting out there because our opinion and our recommendations really are held to a high standard you know but a butt tender is is not a light name like it sounds as as fun as a bartender but it's not like you you carry a lot of a lot of weight on that and so i could say especially you know back in the day when it was only medical you know being a bed tender at that point it was it was serious stuff like you were helping only medical people for the most part but now you know you have your adult use and now you have your medical side and you get to help the people that, you know, they're just looking for something fun, something to smoke, but then you get the people that are, you know, trying it out for medicine for the very first time in their life. And, you know, that just, it's really crucial to know what you're talking about and make sure that your bud tenders know what they're talking about. Cause it just, it 
trickles on to the history and the stigma, I think. Yeah, and I'm learning that, I mean, I've always known cannabis obviously has a stigma, but even with like psilocybin, you know, cannabis has more of a stigma than psilocybin mushrooms. That is blowing my mind right now because everywhere has, I go. You know, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. You know, like I they're reluctant against weed, but they've weird and okay with mushrooms. Does, it's the reefer madness propaganda because it's all the older heads that you know they they experimented with their mushrooms here and there and they kept it a secret and it wasn't much of a thing it was just the hippie thing to do back then and then you know nowadays they've there's lion's mane and almost every other coffee product that you can find or you know so it's like it's i don't know but it's definitely the old heads the reefer madness propaganda definitely got to them and they were just like no 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 this is bad. This is bad. But I'm like, but what mushrooms make you trip balls? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to be, you know, a little careful about your dosages with it. Yeah. So, you know, th that's one thing that I've noticed too. And, you know, that hopefully that'll change in the future. You know, we're, we're trying to kill the stigma, you know, with cannabis, you know, and, you know, maybe psilocybin will help us, you know, make it see like, okay, you know, like maybe it is kind of dumb that I have this weird stigma about cannabis when I'm okay with these mushrooms, you know, maybe people will realize that, you know, and say like, oh shit, you know, I was wrong this whole time. You know, because it's okay to be wrong. You know, like that's that's how we learn. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to learn something new and change your opinion on it. Like that's normal. We should we need to normalize that because once you learn a little bit of more information on something, it's okay to change your opinion if for your whole life you've been against it or for something. So yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, there's been times where. You know, I had a certain opinion, you know, when I was in the military, I got out and then someone changed my mind because they gave me their opinion. And to be honest, I was like, how can I disagree with that? You know, like, you know, so it, it's totally, yeah, people need to understand that it's okay to change what you believe in, you know, like you don't have to keep it the same way, you know, humans are constantly changing. So, but I appreciate that tidbit, you know, like that's one thing I've noticed is a lot of people aren't as educated on products, you know, individual products that they have in their store, um, like they should, you know, and especially like some of the bud tenders, I'll go in and I'll test people, you know, I will ask them specific stupid questions or specific basic questions or try to get away with a 70% discount, you know, top it with my veteran discount just to see what they tell me. And it's, I'm just gauging what the training is. And to be honest, it's not there yet. You know, like not everywhere. There's certain places that I, don't, I would be comfortable doing that with. And I know they're going to give me the right answers. Um, but a lot of the places I go to, you know, when I do this, either the manager doesn't, you know, do it right. Or the bud tenders confused and like, Oh, you don't want highest THC. I was like, no, I want the tastiest shit, dude. What? Give me something high terpenes. And then they're confused. Um, so, you know, yeah. it's, it's cool. that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. I think that's something that our overall New Mexico definitely needs to focus on is their bud tender training for sure. And and but it's also you know like I, I mentioned it does fall back on to our producers too we can't do much in the in the bud tender sense if our producers aren't providing you know the proper testing the proper stuff and i know we've talked about it at town halls and stuff like that we need more reliable testing labs and all that so it just kind of trickles on back a little bit further so i think we just gotta tweak up some things but i have this high standard over here for our bud tenders you know no, I mean, as it should be, you know, that there should be a higher standard for them. It's just not showing up. What do you want, man? You know, so that's the stigma we need to get away from. And that's the mindset that we have to get away from, too, that dumb stoner mentality. You know. All right. So can you give some of the young women listeners that are looking to get into the cannabis industry some advice on getting into the industry? Maybe what they can expect, you know, from someone that's, you know, had some experience already. in it. So as being a woman, I actually uh, a lot of people seem to think that I got my job because of my my dad colt but fun fact i actually got hired before him and i had to actually convince him to get into the industry as well so yeah. he did you know did make connections for me but you know my education and my interview spoke for itself after that so i don't let anybody else's name you know hinder yours that's what i can say i i have big shoes to fill when it comes to my stepdad but you know i can proudly say that i it wasn't necessarily because of him that I got into the industry, you know, um, it, it just spoke because of what I did with him is that what helped out. So with that, you know, just get involved in um, cannabis uh, projects like the marijuana marches that we have in, in Texas, if you're 
if you're from Texas or if you're from New Mexico, you know, get involved in uh, town hall sessions, get uh, get involved, just get involved. Uh, that's going to be your first step in understanding cannabis, understanding the cannabis community, um, because as much as you may be smoking for some years now, you know, that doesn't necessarily give you a whole rundown of how it entails or, or what the cannabis industry entails at all. So, and that's definitely one that I can recommend. Um, another is definitely do your education. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is find uh, female cannabis influencers. Um, and I, influencers is a really like wide used name now or wide used word now. So, but what I mean is like the, there's like Cannabis Cutie, she's a BSN and she has a whole book club and she it's a cannabis book club and it's a women's cool. cannabis book club. So, you know, we end up reading cookbooks or like mom, mom and cannabis books, stuff like that, you know, get follow people, you know, that inspire you to do something that you want to do. Um, so there's just that's literally what I did to get myself into the position that I am now. Um, and then get your education up because without your education, girl, you're not gonna be able to get much further than any of the dudes around, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest things that I want have always wanted to speak on is we're more than just the pretty face in the industry. And that's what I wanna be. Like, I wanna teach the women in the industry that we're more than just our bodies, we're more than just our pretty face. Like we're more than just the beauty. Like we, we have brains, we have nurturing. Like I can say that women that grow cannabis have a much more nurturing touch than, than men, you know? So, and that's not to talk crap about men, men have passion with it, but nurturing just comes natural when it comes to a woman. And so I could say that, you know, we have a huge role in the cannabis industry as women, you know, the plants are ladies and we know we know what ladies like. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, New Mexico actually has one of the highest rates of women in the industry out of the whole nation. Um, so, you know, that's yeah. something that, you know, I, I can see continuing on. You know, we're, we're trendsetters in New Mexico. It's just people don't know we're here. <laughs> I, love that. I really do love that. I've noticed so many uh, businesses being women owned here in New Mexico when in Arizona, they've barely celebrated the first black owned women. Uh, dispensary owner like last year so it, it it really is uh new mexico is going to be a huge beneficial start for any woman who wants to begin because we really don't have a lot of binds to us it's just you know doing the education doing research and you know putting you're only as, as worth as you, you're the knowledge you know if your knowledge was your worth then it's well earned like miss badu said so yeah. you so we just it, it all comes into what what you know what you provide and as a woman, you know, you, you can provide a lot. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I grew up with sisters and, you know, um, there's just certain things that they're better at than me. And I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, like I can't push a baby out. <laughs> My sister yeah. pushed out too, um, yeah. you know, so yeah. Um, it's great that, you know, you're giving this advice to the, you know, the young women wanting to get into the industry. Cause I've been approached by a couple of my cousins, uh, my female cousins who want to get into the industry. One wants to grow. And I was all for it because I want to see more women growing in the industry. The guys, I like it is said, you aren't just a pretty face, you aren't just a butt tender, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I can say uh, for the ladies out there, if you don't like, you know, extra attention, butt tending is probably not going to be for you because, you know, there's a lot of folks out here that don't know how to, keep their compliments to themselves, I guess, or their far end compliments. Compliments are nice, I get that. But, you know, it's just the same thing as like working in the, serv in the service, you're working retail, people are gonna have their comments and you can be made uncomfortable. You work at the grow, you know, it's just you and the ladies, you're maybe grow dog and it's just, and you get to nurture and talk to the plants however you want and play whatever you want for the plants. And I think all of those little things definitely play into how the plant is grown and how the plant ends up. So, yeah. So I would love to see more female growers too, just because like I said, I feel women have more of that nurturing touch and I've known more women with a green thumb I love when men have a green thumb like you, you have a, you have a green thumb. I've never seen a garden as nice as yours. So I, I really do enjoy to see that, but you know, women do have that nurturing touch and it's just, it's just, it's natural. That's what we're meant to do. So I would, it's, it's natural. You should yeah. need the women out there growing for us. Yeah. Cause for the longest time it was seen as unmasculine for a man to garden, you know, even grow flowers. You know, I love growing flowers. They, they smell amazing. You guys are crazy if you don't like them. 
Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it is more of a woman thing to see that. And you know, I, I like seeing that, like, you know, Aaron, you know, she does a great job with oh those my plants. Oh my God, her bonsais are so the gorgeous. Bonsais, oh. The bonsais are even like, that is a whole nother step to it. Like she grows great. Now bonsai, that just puts it a whole nother level. Like she just, she just doesn't give anyone any, any room to, you know, compare there. I'm like, yes, girl, you get it. And I love that. I love, I love to see these strong-minded women, you know, shaping New Mexico like that. Cause her stuff has gone viral. I've seen her stuff all over the place. And I'm like, I know her, I know her. Me too, like my friend will post, I'm like, oh my God, I know her, that's my friend. <laughs> it's always, and then during Veterans Day or Memorial Day, it's always the one where she, that she did with the little soldier, like push it, yeah. So I've yeah. always, I've always seen that one go around. And it, yeah, so I think that, women can really bring something different to the table when it comes to the cannabis industry. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a he-man, man-hater or whatever, but I, I do think that I would love to see more cannabis business owners and cannabis growers. Um, yeah, just, just let, let's get out there, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, so if you know any young women that are looking to get into the industry, you know, there's some really great advice and tips, you know, from someone that's been in the industry for a while now. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. And before we move on to our next topics, where can people find you online? You know, like Instagram, Facebook. So my cannabis Instagram is gonna be honeybee dabs. So honey bee, correct spelling of the, and then dabs is gonna be dabs, but with a Z at the end. So honeybee dabs, um, that's going to be my cannabis Instagram. I have been taken down quite a few times by Instagram. So this Instagram is kind of like, I've already gotten a little bit tired of putting my all, my all into my content just for it to get taken down. So please bear with me as I, as I try and get my content up and out there. But because I'm very much a perfectionist when it comes to content and that really holds me back sometimes. Uh, on putting content out because I'm so hard on myself. I'm like, I don't like this. I wouldn't watch this. I wouldn't like this. So I'm just not going to put it out. So I just, I'm like, no. And so I just try and put a little bit of something out at least to, just to get people to know me. But yeah. I've been wanting to put out an intro so people can understand why I'm in the industry and how long I've been in the industry. So this kind of helps out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, you know, actually, I, I tag, you know, Bennett in all my educational posts and, you know, informational posts. So if you guys want to follow her from there, she's actually tagged in something right now. Um, so, yeah, and it's great that, you know, you're, you're going that route and you're wanting to educate more because I can only do so much, you know, like, you know, I can't do it by myself. And it's great that, you know, the, the crazy thing is it's mostly women that are offering to help me. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm just like, I'll take it. <laughs> it's well, dope for and me. then that's, we can definitely get that little that side of things where it gets broken down and a little bit prettified and then, you know, it just looks a little bit better to the eye, a little more eye catching. So we got you. And what you do for us is you kind of like, you do the search, you break it down and then you, I don't want to say dumb it down, but you put it in like simple terms that we can, you know, fully understand, but, and explain to clients. Cause that's during the drive-throughs, like the drive-through, um, uh, that crazy session freaking, yeah I, every drive-through person that i helped and if i saw a car seat in the back i would let them know what was going on i was like just so you know there's drive-throughs wanting to be taken away and if you're you know if you're if this benefits you for your child like for you not to have to come in and i'll leave your child unattended i need you to go call your representative right now and it just just because it you know as a parent it just is like oh wow i don't want to be this other people you know they're just mm. Oh, that sucks. But they wouldn't really do much about it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. but those parents, they they had a big concern with a con a big concern with it because you know I could relate. I wouldn't want drive-throughs taken away from me because you know that's that's a convenience as a parent. You, I don't I don't have to leave my child unattended in the car while I run in. I don't have to make anyone feel uncomfortable for bringing my child inside, and that's not even allowed anymore. But you know, it's just. Uh, that that whole part was was crazy, but I love to I love to teach people, and thank you for doing all that research and teach, helping us teach simple to the clients. Yeah, I um I like breaking it down Barney style is what I like saying. You know, just make That's it exactly. easy. You know, for for the most com common country boy to understand yeah, it. Yeah. Um and yeah, it, it helps. You know, I, like I said, I, I push the information out, and you guys make it pretty. You know, like there's times where I only have time to push the information out, then I gotta go. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate you ladies making it look good and you know, spreading the information and the word and everything. So I really appreciate that. So, but anyway, um, yeah, thank you for that. Let's move on to the next topic. Cause I can sit here and talk about, you know, advocacy and stuff all day. Uh, 
<laughs> so the next topic I want to talk about, at first I wanted to talk about the study. But as I started to read the study more and I started to write my guide, I realized that I wasn't talking about the study. I was talking about the media and how much I hate the media sometimes. And, and to be honest, it's most of the time. Um, and what I'm saying is that there was a study that was put out um, at the time of recording because, you know, we recorded a day ahead of time um, from the release. There's a study that came out that's trying to say that there's a linkage between cannabis use, any kind of cannabis use whatsoever, um, and heart disease and strokes. Now, that sounds alarming right from from the get, you know, seeing the, the headline, you know, it's saying just pretty much that, you know, that just like raises alarm like, oh, my God, what? So I decided to look at the article, skim through it. I was looking for the research paper. I don't want to read the article. I'm like, no, I'm not going to read any of this bullshit. They're just going to, you know, tell me stuff I already know or, you know, some other shit. So I went to the study. Now, if you look at the study, you get a different kind of point of view from what they were saying in the news article. And don't let the media think for yourself. Even me. Don't let me think for you. I, I really want you guys to come to your own conclusions on certain things. I'm giving you the information. Please come to your own conclusions. Um, you know, like, like with the study, I will share the link. Gino, if you can um, put this link, I'm going to share you at the end. Um, it's to the actual article. Um, that way you guys can read it yourself. You can go and make your own conclusions on the study. Um, it tells you who funded the study. Um, it tells you who's involved with the study. It even tells you the limitations of the study, which is great. This is all scientific data that we need and it needs to be read. So the thing, the way these studies work is not just one study is going to, you know, make it as fact. Now this study is going to be taken by someone, probably more scientist, and they're going to scrutinize it. They're going to say, okay, you did this and this and this. I don't agree with this. We're going to do this. So this is just one study. Um, and I can guarantee you probably in like four or five months, there's going to be another counter study that says the opposite. Cause I think at last year I saw something that said, um, sperm plant, sperm count goes down for men who use cannabis. A couple months later, it debunked that. And so I'm always weary when studies, even pro cannabis studies come out because of that. So like, what is your experience yourself on, you know, stuff like this? So I definitely think that it's important to look into, especially who's funding these researches, because Oops. that will tell you a lot. Um, yeah, just who's, who it's being funded by will tell you if it's going to be for or against cannabis or if it really is just for genuine study. Um, but in my, in, my, in my history of, in my experience, I've definitely noticed that there's a lot of debunks after the fact, or there's just, the, you get one set of reports one time and then another set. Uh, the biggest one that I remember seeing uh, was for epilepsy back in the day. You know, and and now it's proven that that helps with your um, what's it called the thing I don't know what the what just any types of seizures you know so epilepsy and uh, just any brain brain issues and what did we hear in the beginning if that cannabis kills brain cells that's my favorite thing to debunk for people I'm like do you know how they got that study do you know how they got that research they pumped apes with a bunch of gas and I mean with a bunch of smoke and it basically killed all their brain cells so of course of course they lost brain cells that was due to asphyxiation of the smoke not due to the cannabis so you know it's really important to to look at all the behind of the studies and look at the peer the peer reviews especially peer reviews are something that I I definitely um, recommend to people don't don't just take any research or any study for what it is the peer-reviewed ones and I always I honestly I will always search for a study more so that comes from Italy um, Israel not Italy I'm so sorry from Israel uh, just because Israel is you know it's the, the mecca for cannabis research and I, I I don't foresee it being based on, on an agenda yeah, my mic was muted. I didn't realize that. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, and if a lot of you guys don't know the listeners, um, Israel is actually leading the world in cannabis research, not just, you know, that part of the world, the entire globe in, in cannabis research. They're actually so advanced. I think about 10 years ago, they were trying to pinpoint cannabis cultivars by the terpene profile. And, you know, that, that they were like, they're so mixed now, you know, we, we have no clue what, you know, it's just better for us to go by terpene profiles because that seems to be more reliable and that seems to be more steady between grows and everything. So that was interesting because then they started to come out with these like names that were more medicinal, but they're like based off the terpenes and it was weird. <laughs> um, that was kind of strange, but 
I mean, they're, they're doing such great research and so much is coming from it that, yeah, I mean, if you, anytime you have a chance and it's a research paper that comes from Israel, please read it, uh, yeah. read it again, <laughs> you know, it'll be a good read. For sure. And I, that's where I've, I just, because of Mr. Mechalam, you know, that he, 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 he led all of that and he's just gone down in history for the man from, for cannabis. And yeah. so of course it shaped, it shaped Israel in itself. So I, I don't know when it comes to studies, it's really hard for me to take them a little bit serious, to be honest. It's just, um, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's really the media and what they're trying to put out and what, what agenda they're trying to feed. Yeah. And you know, the, the media source I saw this initially from is from a media source that's considered liberal. So, you know, like seeing something like that, I was like, Oh, interesting. You know, I, I figured I'd see that from Fox news. So, you know, let me look at this and open it. Um, and, and the way they have it laid out and everything, of course, you know, it's all media like, but you know, the, the link in there at least had it to the study where I can go read it. So I give them that for being that transparent, you know, giving me a link to the exact study. Right yeah. So that was cool. I give them you that. Don't see that often. No, you don't, you know, and uh, that's one reason why I go to that news, um, site because they give me links to studies and I can actually go and look and be like, eh, I don't really agree with your opinions on this, or, yeah, that's not really what I think the study's saying or, you know, and that's my own opinion. Um, and if you guys are wanting to look at or wanting to know the title of this um, study, it's called Association of Cannabis Use with Cardiovascular Outcomes um, Among U.S. Adults. So this is a study that was done only in the United States. I think it was between 55 and 65 and under people. Um, I'm not too sure if there's underlying anything or whatever, whatever. I'm sure that's in the, the study. I haven't had a chance to go through the whole thing. Um, I just enough for me to get an understanding to, you know, to give you guys, the inf you know, some of the information enough so you can go read it and make your own decision on it. I'm going to go later and read it myself so I can come to my own conclusion. But most of the time, I don't really take it for fact because I always wait for the other studies to come out. You never go off of one study, even if you agree with it. You know, um, there's been plenty of times it's, that's changed, you know. That's fair. Even if you agree with it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's science. Science doesn't care if you agree with it or not. What is right is right. What is wrong is wrong. Um, so, but yeah, I just want to touch up on that. You know, just be very careful when, you know, the, the media is reporting studies and stuff. I've very, I brushed on studies very lightly in the past. And I really wanted to kind of dig into it now. I'll give you guys the link. Um, so that way you can get some experience checking them out. Um, it's very transparent. If you scroll down to the bottom, that's where most of the information is going to be on who funded it. It was a part of the study, what limitations there were, meaning, you know, what issues they ran into, which may make the study not true, you know, or, you know, like there could They're be something valid. that, yeah, yeah, invalid, excuse me, yeah, thank you, invalidate the, the study. I couldn't think of the word for whatever reason, um, <laughs> COVID brain, but uh, yeah, you know, something that invalidates it, you know, you never know. Studies are meant to be scrutinized and they're meant to be peer reviewed. You know, it's, it's a theory actually, excuse me, it's a hypothesis until it's been scrutinized enough and studied enough, then it does become a theory. So, you know, right now it's technically a hypothesis, you know, that this is linking to that. But, you know, I could see, I could see the other side too. You know, this could be true in the end. I don't know, but take it with a grain of salt. True. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I definitely always take things like that for a grain of salt. Like I said, I have, I don't know if this is, fair enough for me to say but i've just taken people's testimonies for the correct yeah. knowledge you know because that's what it's that's my research right there you know they went home they tested it out they came back and gave me results <laughs> yeah and they're not tied to any kind of study or you know whatever you know they're doing it out of the kindness or whatever you know like hey this helped me with this and you know there was no for their own better better life or you know uh better was it better life of Betterment of life. Quality life. of life. There you go. <laughs> You're giving me COVID brain. I'm just kidding. yeah, no, it, um, yeah. We're all messed up. So if you guys notice the, the landscape change, um, Bennett's actually on a porch right now with better internet. So we're doing it that way because we're having some issues. So she's no longer in the car. She's on a porch. Uh, so I that's why this... technical difficulties all over, all all around today. So yeah, yeah. Murphy's <laughs> law effect. <laughs> so that's all I really had for, for that topic. We'll go into the last one. I really want to talk about Germany. I didn't get to talk about Germany very much in the past because they actually just legalized cannabis. So wunderbar Yeah. So what I'm, I'm excited. Huh? What, is, what did you just say in German? Oh, uh, wunderbar Deutschland is just wonderful Germany. Wonderful <laughs> Germany. Yeah, like wonderful okay. Germany. Like, you know, wonderful. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, if you guys didn't know, I grew up in Alamogordo. There's Germans there. Then I did live in Germany for a very short time. And that's actually where I learned majority of my German is when I lived in Germany because I had no choice. I lived in the German villages. Um, weird contract I was on with the government. We weren't allowed to like live on the base or even use the base facilities. We had a shop in the German like shopping centers and stuff. So I had to learn German quick, like quick, quick. Yeah. Well, Luckily, most of them speak of you, English. Because of you, I learned a lot of German. Like, oh, Danke. Yeah. <laughs> so um moving on real quick um germany legalizes cannabis for people 18 years and older as you guys know or don't know or some people know most ages to drink in in europe actually are 18 and over um i think a couple places might be a little bit younger a couple places maybe a little bit older i don't know but for the most part it's at 18 it's a very actually a very young age and actually in germany they stopped going to school i think at 10th grade or 11th grade and they're considered an adult, like at 15, really. I mean, the, the age of consent there is really low. It's weird. Um, I learned that from the German kids here because they would always be dating like German Air Force dudes. And I'm like, how are you? How are they not getting in trouble? Like, oh, in Germany, it's fine. And I'm like, what do you mean it's fine? This is <laughs> I was like, German accent. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> so Germany. Yeah, I'm just used to it. You know, all my German friends are probably going to see this and laugh, to be honest. They're always okay. making fun of themselves. It's funny. Anyway, you can grow three plants at home. Um, not very many, you know, here in New Mexico, we're allowed significantly more, um, but you can at least grow at home. You're allowed 50 grams at home, meaning, you know, just about a little, little less oh, than two man. ounces. Yeah, about a little less than two ounces. And then outside of your home, you're allowed 25 grams, which is just a little under an ounce. Um, as you guys know, 28 grams is around 28 grams is an ounce. So that's what you're allowed in public. It's not very much, but to be honest, I really don't run around with more than an ounce, you know, when I'm out in the wild, you know, so there's really no reason. In New Mexico, if you're a medical cannabis patient, you're allowed eight ounces in public um, or outside of your home at any time. Uh, so there's that. I don't I see too. That's for wreck. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. No, that's okay, for don't use. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. That's why that's stuck in my head. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're used yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the medical side. You get big benefits. You, you can possess more and you can possess more outside of your home too. Um, so that's wow. a big benefit. Um, April 1st is going to be the date when this starts and when it'll be legal in Germany, which coincides with our adult use okay. sales date. Yeah, our, our anniversary. Which I think anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up here, but uh, about a month almost. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool to see. Are you guys going to do anything for that? I don't, I haven't heard anything thus far, but I might bring it up after, after this and see if we are. Okay. And now here's the kicker about Germany's, um, the way they're going about legalization. They're going, they're more going with a collective model versus anything, which is interesting and weird. So on July 1st, it's going to be available in licensed nonprofit clubs with no more than 500 members. So all of whom will have to be adults over the age of 18 and only club members uh, would be allowed to consume their output. So I think what it is, is they're going to be paying a membership fee to go to this, the club and to buy, use or whatever the cannabis. And I think that's the way they're going to go about it. I don't know how this is going to curb the black market because um, it's almost like a black market style. I, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that? that it sounds like they're doing consumption lounges and skipping the whole entire step of the the dispensary you know what i mean of where to purchase the cannabis so people are going to show up to this little bar club lounge and be consuming their cannabis in whatever form that they have and then they're going to be like oh where'd you get that where'd you get that and that'll just start its own little round of more black market sales so if if that's what they were trying to combat they're not doing a very good job they didn't think it through it, but if if that's not something that was on their agenda then i mean i guess but it's also i just don't think there's going to be any control to the canvas products so no i i think they're going to need some change very soon <laughs> Yeah. And uh, one thing I do want to make clear is uh, Germany's had medical cannabis on a national level for over a decade now. Um, so they already have that in place. And so there are shops for people to buy. I think this is just for adult use. So because uh, yeah. Germany actually gets cannabis from the Czech Republic and other countries, I think even Israel and Canada um, for their medical cannabis program, which I find very interesting as well, because they have it goes over borders. Yeah, it goes over country borders. I mean, this is an yeah. international commerce, you know, like this isn't just, you know, interstate you know this is international 
Um, so yeah, Canada will ship them cannabis. Czech Republic's shipping them a bunch, and they're probably actually going to go ahead the, the same route as Germany here soon and legalize. So to be honest, we're kind of behind in America with legalization. But when it comes to standardization of the laws, we're doing a little bit better, um, you know, because that it seems a little wonky and confusing. You know, like as a medical cannabis patient, I feel more established as a regular business than I do as a rec user. You know, like you're in this weird loop where I have to be a part of a, a consumption lounge, essentially, like I have to be a member of it. Club. And then I can only consume cannabis from there. You know, like that's weird, you know, like. Yeah. And like, if you're a medical cannabis patient, you can get it from Canada, you can get it from Czech Republic, you can get it from Germany, you can get it from Israel at all of your shops. So that's kind of confusing too, you know, like we're going to see, I guess where I'm going is we're going to see traditional market happen from the medical side to the adult use side, because there's going to be more selection. That's going to be really interesting too, because does that mean that these medical patients in germany can take that product that they bought and into the club into that like if they have the membership you know what I mean? that's a good question um just only like member... how, what's up go ahead just like how here they don't they don't allow you to take your own stuff into the consumption lounges you know you gotta buy your stuff out the lounge but if yeah. you're medical you know that's technically medic medical grade and the lounge isn't going to contain medical grade true yeah so it's like and this right here, all it says is only club members would be allowed to consume their output. So whatever they grow, only the members are allowed to use that cannabis. Now, I'm not it doesn't say anything about bringing their cannabis there. So I'm not sure what this club means. Maybe when they say club, they mean it's a shop. Maybe they mean it's a shop that's a club and it's not like a consumption lounge because, you know, they, they use different wording. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, they, wow. they, it's kind of confusing sometimes. Like an apartment's a flat. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I need an apartment. Yeah, I was like, wait, no, I don't need a flat. Yeah, I was like, what, what am I going to live in? A freaking Adobe? <laughs> <laughs> the flatlands. That's right, the flatlands. So, um, but this, you know, this, this comes uh, with a little bit of pushback from certain other parts of the um, of the, the German government. There's certain, you know, people, part of the government that don't like it. There's also people that are part of essentially their version of the DEA. Um, they don't like it either. Um, they think it's a terrible idea, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it is what it is. And it looks like the German legislature just went ahead and legalized it nationally. So, you know, congrats to Germany. Wunderbar. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. Um, it looks like Europe is kind of... Almost like, you know, Europe is, you know, just a bunch of countries put together, you know, it's almost like the States reminds me sometimes, you know, slowly every country in, in Europe is going to legalize or whatever. And they're kind of headed to that route because here in, in America, you know, we have, I don't know how many states, you know, now over 20 something states that have legal adult use cannabis and almost over 40 that have medical cannabis. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that it's reminding me of that. And this kind of seems like they're at the forefront and I'll keep everybody, you know, updated. The more information that I find out, I have friends that are in Germany, so I'm gonna ask them about it. You know, some of them were married to a military guy. Others, you know, I grew up, and they're from Germany, and they moved back after we graduated high school or whatever. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep tabs on them and keep asking what's going on because I'm really curious how this is gonna go. You know? Yeah, I'm, and I'm curious if they're gonna. I I doubt that they would, but if they ever plan to look at like how things are set in the states for you know some legislation. And just so they can get a better idea of how things work. I mean, we could work for them. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the U.S. is a big, a big example for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, so long, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think any state has done it perfectly yet. New Mexico, we're on the right track, but we haven't done it perfectly yet. And we haven't, no one's figured out how to regulate cannabis yet. We're all still experimenting. Um, and so that's why I'm glad we took a different route. We're like, well, let's not do that. You know, let's try something else. And for us, it's seemed to work, you know, for, for our little state. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, that's all I had for that Germany, um, thing going on. And I appreciate your input on that because, you know, it was an interesting conversation because, you know, there's a lot of aspects that, you know, a lot of things that go into this and, you know, that they're just going a different route. And I guess I'm just, it's different. So, you know, it's something that I'm just not really used to, I guess. And it's just weird. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to keep keep track of this too cuz I'm I'm curious what the club means. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. curious if if medical clients are going to have to, you know, resort to club only products when they're used to their medical grade, you know. So, yeah. I think that's important. 
because I feel like that's been a big, I could say that that, that has been my big concern here in, in New Mexico is the consumption lounges, that you can't take your own stuff in. But, you know, you're not, what if you're not really fond of the products at the lounge that you're going towards? Yeah. So it's just, so that's how I see it. I, that was my concern for Germany. I'm like, oh, but let's see how that goes. I didn't know that they had all this international cannabis coming in through, though. That that was new to me. That's different. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm always glad to share new tidbits of information that helps people out. So, yeah, um, that's why when, you know, they, they tell us we can't legalize federally because whatever international law, I'm like, oh, bullshit. Look at all these other countries. You guys are fucking just bullshitting me. You're like, no one cares. So, but, but anyway, that's all I have for this week's episode and everything. And I really appreciate you joining me, Bennett. You know, it's been a really Thank good you. conversation. Sorry we had some issues, but we did get it fixed and figure out. We got through it. You know, that's how you know it's going to be a good one because we have all the issues and we still got through it. Right. And we're going to have Gino doing the great edits on it and everything. So, yeah. Um, but I appreciate you showing me. And everybody watching, please sure to make sure you like, follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do to make sure that you don't uh, miss an update on what's going on. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Bennett. Thank you again so much. And I will see you here soon, probably around the corner. And um, (laughs) we'll see y'all next week. All right, guys. Shoots. See you. Bye-bye.